0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so excited today to be bringing you guys a very inspirational interview with a guest who is the first of many new guests to come onto the podcast, and this is something I really wanted to make more of a priority in my business and for the podcast, which was to have just a wider range of people on to talk about creating a successful business intentionally and doing it through mindfulness essentially knowing the power of their thoughts and implementing different manifestation practices in order to create very abundant lives for themselves through abundant businesses. So we are going to be talking to a whole bunch of people coming up. I'm really, really excited about it. And today's interview is the perfect kickoff because I got to talk to business consultant Jane Stoller, who goes by Organize Jane on Instagram and on her website. And Jane is a life and business organizer. She's a YouTuber. Uh, She's been full time in her business for about three years now after a decade in the corporate world. And she is also an author. And specifically, she is the author of one of the best selling dummies books called Decluttering for Dummies and There was a couple of things that I loved about today's episode and my chat with Jane and the first was just hearing about her journey into building a successful business for herself because it certainly was not something that happened overnight or even close to it and I think that this is such an important thing to talk about you know the reality of building a successful business and the fact that for 99.99999% of us it is not something that happens overnight and there's you know quite a lot to overcome in the early days uh and it is continuously something that we're working towards in terms of our mindset and discovering blocks and going to work on ourselves in order to up level our income so on and so forth so jane talked about the fact that you know her business was something that came as a result of many years of trusting the process and holding the faith and being committed to the vision that she had for herself and doing the work that was necessary. So I loved hearing Jane talk about that because this year has been an incredibly uh, successful year for her. She's got huge seven-figure goals for next year that we talk about at the end of the episode. But the other thing that we chatted about specifically that I don't think I've ever really talked about on the podcast was creating space and When I say creating space, what I mean is feeling empowered and feeling like you are an open channel for more money and more clients and growth to come in through your business. And this was something that I resisted for such a long time, which was essentially just getting organized in my business and setting things up on the back end so that I could stop feeling overwhelmed at the idea of receiving more money, which I resisted it for such a long time because it didn't seem that exciting to me. (laughs) I thought I'll manifest the money and then I'll clean all that stuff up. But that was backwards. And in the summer, I really realized just how much that was blocking me from reaching higher levels of income so I went to work on the back end of my business on you know organizing my finances I realized after talking to Jane that there's more work for me to do of course but yeah Jane just brings such a such a level of expertise to this topic and so much personal experience and just how important it is to feel empowered and feel like you are open for more money to come in to your business and the ways in which we, you know, really essentially block that from being possible. I have been talking a lot lately about the the whole idea that nature abhors a vacuum, which I 100% believe in. I think if we don't create space for something in our lives, it can't come in or it can't stay. So Jane brings a very like tactile way of going about or just a very tangible story. It's a very tangible way of going about creating space in your business. She gives a lot of incredible tips you guys can get started on today. And I know that sometimes organization isn't for us creatives at least for me it's not the thing that excites me that much but now I see how getting more organized in my business first of all lets me feel immediately better and then as a direct byproduct of that I start making more money and I know that that is something that all of you listening to this are interested in so uh, without further ado here is today's interview with life and business organizer Jane Stoller. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a mindset and marketing coach for modern entrepreneurs and business owners who know deep down that there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality I desired, I went from nine to five teacher to six-figure online business owner in less than two years. And if there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. All right. Welcome, Jane, to the podcast. Say hi to our audience. (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. And uh, yeah, I just really want to thank you for taking time out of your day. You really bring something very unique to um, the podcast that I haven't really had on on here before in terms of your expertise. So I would love to uh, hear from you and have you let us know or sorry, let our audience know who you are and what you do as an entrepreneur.
1: Yes. Well, um, you know, I really appreciate being here because like you said, this is not something we often talk about. So Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm Jane Stoller. A lot of people call me organized Jane. (laughs) And for the past three years, I've been building this business and it's very lifestyle focused because I love it. Right. I've written books about decluttering Mm -hmm. and getting organized, but I also have a lot of business experience, like two, two master's degrees. And I spent 10 years in corporate organizing business processes. So for me, I've taken this kind of lifestyle brand and now I work with women entrepreneurs to help them organize the back end of their business to scale. And often we totally forget about this. So that's why I'm really passionate about it now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think it has such a logical reasoning behind it in terms of why that's important. But I also think that the energy, like this whole topic, and we're going to get into it today around creating space and, you know, a big part of what blocks people is that they're waiting for more money to show up before they'll get organized or they're waiting for the business to to start earning a certain income before they really start treating it like a business and it's backwards right
1: oh it's totally backwards and a lot yeah. of entrepreneurs i say like your zone of genius or your whatever your product or selling that you're passionate and skilled and and you're bringing to the world is what you should focus on right but right. you need to still have that back end set up like a business to to scale and that's what we often forget about
0: yeah. So, can you tell us just a little bit about you? Where you're from? Where you grew up? Your education? You said you have a two master's degrees.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm Canadian, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I grew up in Ontario, but then quickly moved to the west coast. It drew me there for a lot of reasons. But I did my MBA there, and then went on to get an international um, business degree because I really want to work internationally. And I started organize Jane actually. T- Thirteen years ago now, but I had failed back then because I was too scared to really market myself. Okay. And in, in Canada, I had this feeling that we had to, to be successful. I had to be a VP or a CEO of a big company and work in corporate. So for me, there was a little bit of um, it was difficult for me to really say that I want to help people get organized and make that a business back then.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about your corporate background? And I'm really interested in, in when you talk about you had this idea that in order to be really successful you needed to you know it needed to look a certain way could you tell us a little bit more about that yeah like it, it's um, you know
1: that's why i'm so happy today where a lot of lifestyle brands are just exploding and we have lots of mentorship online and offline but back then i just felt like i didn't have that I really was, I I got to had some corporate mentors at the time that said, you know what, you can't, if you start a business, it's because you're failing in corporate. So there was a different mentality. And I had spent 10 plus years in working in the construction industry. I worked for the largest cement company in the world. And I did everything from managing plants. I was one of the first women in in, uh, to manage one of the largest plants in Vancouver and then moved to Edmonton and then ended up in Europe where I was doing uh, making unprofitable business profitable organizing business processes. So it was all about organizing even from when I managed concrete plants but really I was um, for me I was helping the shareholders versus helping people that I really cared about and then I took the leap because I then found mentors that were able to help me get over that fear of what society thought and being able to market myself
0: right and I mean maybe you could speak to that just a little bit in terms of um yeah the the because I know a lot of people listening to this podcast they are you know they might be full-time in their business but we definitely have a lot of listeners as well who are really working to manifest their way into being full-time in their business and a lot of what holds them back is what you're talking about you know Mm -hmm. um being fearful of really going all in or just having doubt around it what shifted for you it sounds like you had some some you know pretty key mentors that played a big role but what really shifted for you internally that had it go from this something that you started I think you said 13 years ago is that what you said Mm -hmm. um to actually being able to market yourself in a way that had your business then be quite successful for you
1: the great question. And a lot of people ask what the exact turning point is. And mm-hmm. for me, it was that I really think that my corporate experience helped kind of grow me and shape me too. So a lot of people like in a way, it was a great thing that I kept it. And I got so much, you know, even from the network and being able to work with so many different large businesses and how they do things in large corporate. So I never downplay my corporate experience. I say that it was actually helped me get to the turning point. And kind of the ability to have success there and say, I've been helping businesses, I've been helping making them more successful. Um, So then the really direct turning point was working in there so long, and then seeing the success of the businesses I was helping. But again, the profits were not going to the individuals at the company. And I was getting a lot of requests from, you know, my friends around me and people in business to help them. So I knew, I thought, okay, now I can actually perhaps do this on my own
0: so i love what you're saying here because such a big part of my coaching and my messaging is really starting to see um our personal experience the things that we've accomplished the the experiences that we've had as being our strengths and really viewing them through this light of confidence that has you show up in a belief around what you have to offer because that's, what's going to be reflected back to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you had this, cause this was such a huge turning point for me as well in my business. You had this turning point where it was like, well, here's actually why people should be listening to me or paying for my services or investing in my, in my advice and my business, because of where I've come from and what my, my history is. Exactly. And I think,
1: you really do need to have some validation of it before you go on your own, and some proven. Doesn't you? Don't even have to have a brand or a logo or even your process already, but you have to have some skill or or somebody that you've worked with that can really um, say yes, this actually works, right?
0: Definitely, and a skill that you really like believe in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, you don't need
1: kind of formal education and certificates. Like I do think to be, depending on what it is, the more training you have, the better, but a lot of times experience will go a long way as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, what I often say to my clients, depending on their business is in terms of getting certifications, like if it feels good to you, if it helps you feel good about what you're putting out there, then, then great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but this idea that we a piece of paper is going to help us be more successful is only the case if you can really get your energy behind it. Exactly. So, um, So could you tell us a little bit then about the process of your business in terms of, or like the journey of your business, because you started it 13 years ago. What did mm-hmm. it actually look like for you? Because I think that these days there's such a people put a lot of pressure on themselves when they're new to their business to have it be successful very quickly, because that's what they often see people talking about on Instagram. Mm. But I actually think it's way more powerful to have a conversation around, you know, the reality of business is that it's, it's a journey, right? Oh, hundred percent. You talk to most business
1: owners, they say 10 years is kind of that, like when mm. they get really successful. And for me, it was almost 10 years later that I started again and I was getting traction. So in those 10 years, I was still honing my skills and becoming an organizational expert. So it really does, you talk, any entrepreneur who says the next day they're successful, is there's something wrong? <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah. It's, it. There's no overnight success. And really, I didn't start making money in my business because I had a lot of expenses. And and, and this year is the first year that I will make money. And right. I will likely surpass uh, six figures in it. But it was, it, you know, you have a lot of, Expenses and a lot of you're still, you know, you still have to pay for your living and et cetera, et cetera. So it's important also to have before you start a business realize that as well. How are you going to still support if you have a family or you pay rent, simple things like that? So you do need to think about those things.
0: And what would you say has made it possible for you to just stay in it for that time, you know? Because I think a lot of people start a business and you know, they, they're not, they're wanting it to be quick or not at all. Right. Whereas if you can have the mindset that like you're in it, no matter what, like, I'd love to know what that looked like for you in terms of your commitment, that even when it wasn't making money, it didn't matter because it was going to, and you were going to, you were in it for the long haul. And I
1: think having that, like something you are truly good at that is going to help other people and know it, it is kind of, that is your goal, the reason you're here. And for me, I know that I'm here to help people and businesses get organized and I just have this passion inside of me, but to keep it going... I hired a business coach right after I decided well, I left corporate, and I said, please help me get over the fear of marketing myself. As soon as you put something out into the world, and uh, even on Instagram, it is kind of holding you accountable. So getting yeah. having a business coach, putting it out there, consistently being able – I still have a business coach. And always having someone to keep you accountable, if I didn't have those business coaches, I probably wouldn't have stayed in my
0: business. Right. So you really treated it like a business from day one long before exactly. it was – long before it was, you know, making you money. And so it's no coincidence that, you know, it's heading towards a six figure business. And I'm sure, you know, beyond that in in 2021, Mm -hmm. because you showed up for it.
1: Exactly. And I think that um, there's really you you, like between that profitability level or not, there's still a lot of uh, like, you really need to see, have that vision, have that three to five year goals, but the business coach and the accountability will really help get you there.
0: Yeah. And I think that for sure, the accountability, the the structure, all that, the support, and also just, you know, backing up your, I mean, one thing I have some of my clients doing just today, we were having a conversation was, what are the actions in line with where you're going? Write them down. Write down, we call it the all-in list. What is your all-in list? And something like hiring a coach makes it real. That's you backing up your decision to be successful with action, right? Exactly. So what is your business? Cause you help entrepreneurs get organized. What does that actually look like? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I spent, um, like it didn't, like I said, you don't immediately get your proven process or your messaging. Perfect. So I was doing a lot of one-on-one or going into large corporations and doing consulting work that I wouldn't necessarily be promoting or, but that was a way I continued to make an income. But I would, during that time, and even in corporate, I developed these six steps that I would, you know, whether it's a small business or a large corporation, I would follow these six steps to help get the back end of your business organized. So over time, I've now developed a six-week accelerator course, so I can help more people at once versus just going on a one-on-one into a business. And this course really takes you through my signature six steps to get everything organized in the back end of your business.
0: Okay, and... and. Um... I mean, I don't know how many of those steps you make public, <laughs> uh, but what does that sort of look like on the, like, what does your process really look like from the, as, as the entrepreneur running through those steps, like what sort of tasks are they doing? Is it financial? Is it, you know, they're organizing their email, they're organizing like, I'm just looking for sort of a, a very visual representation yeah. of, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, no problem. You know, I don't actually, I don't put this online, my six steps, but I do okay. whenever, whenever I jump on a call with anybody before they get into my course, because it is, I want to make sure I can help them. They're at the right stage. Mm-hmm. I'm the right coach for them. And we both can get something like we both can help each other, let's say. So then I share my six steps, but I'm happy to share them here. But the first step <laughs> is actually, um, it's a task audit and it, it deals with time management because as entrepreneurs, we are doing so many things we think we should be doing but we don't actually break it down to what we actually what we need to be doing to focus on getting to our big goal. So the first week is all about that time management and from there as a consultant I can really better understand your business and you and already I can see what you should probably be eliminating, outsourcing, automating or completely getting rid of. So that's our first week together. Okay. And and then after that I can and then after that the steps are really like you you mentioned we go into an accounting finance module which is really I think as an entrepreneur, I'm not a finance expert, I can't even add in public, (laughs) but every entrepreneur needs to know every penny that is coming into their business and going out. So I teach very simple how to get the back end of your accounting and metrics organized then we go into your marketing and content planning. We go into your HR in terms of if you don't have employees who will be your first, or if you have many, um, making sure their processes are organized and operations. How are you getting your product or your service to your customer in the most efficient way? And then the last week, we make sure it's all streamlined.
0: Okay, gotcha. That I love it's a, talking it's about a this lot in there. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, that's no, it's good because this is something I'm really doing in my business right now, where I just realized like, there is no space in my Mm -hmm. business and, or in like for me mentally, like I was just juggling so many things, um, that I just, even though I was like, yeah, I want to make more money and I want to have, you know, I want my business to look like this. I wasn't actually creating space for it. So what would you say? I mean, I don't know how much you're into all the, you know, manifestation law of attraction stuff. Um, but what what would you think say would were are like the key benefits in terms of creating space in terms of manifesting more money um, by getting organized on the back end?
1: So I'm very big into the manifestation. And for me, that's why for, it's so important. Like you mentioned that creating space, the first week together is the aha moment for a lot of my clients. And that helps me not only get to know them better, but end their business, but really the rest of the six weeks flow nicer because then I understand what their revenue generating kind of activities are. And we look at if they're actually doing them. So to get to your right. your end goal, or your, what you've manifest, you need to be able to be spending your time on stuff that brings you money and makes the biggest impact. And mm. often we are not.
0: Yeah, that's sort of a whole nother level of aligned action, what I call oh. aligned action. It's like align your action with what you want to be earning. And and I mean, you can have a whole, especially an online business, you can have a whole business that makes no money, but that you're working full time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's just so much busy work exactly um, what would you what tips would you give for entrepreneurs who are in terms of their their finances? I know that you said you're not you know necessarily an expert, but I don't think I think it's more about feeling empowered financially, like you are organized in that area of your life and it's not this big mishmash that you're afraid to look at. Exactly. That's why I, I put a disclaimer, because you don't need to be
1: a financial expert. And it's even probably worse if you are, because then you're too detailed. You just need to really, you need to be committed. You need to have a system in place. You need to look at it every single week, if not every single day, depending on your business. But it is something that as entrepreneurs, we need to put in front of us, have a little bit of education on, because especially in Canada, we take a lot of risks being an entrepreneur. And one of the benefits is our tax write-offs. And if we don't take advantage, we are really losing out. And I I can't stress this enough for, uh, especially women in business that I talk to, I'm like, you need to have a system in place for your taxes, for your invoices, and get that organized as soon as possible. And it's not complicated.
0: I agree. And it's one of those things that at least for me is there's all this resistance around it. And then I do it and I'm like, why did I wait so long now? Exactly. I feel so good. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I, for me, it's now a fun thing. Like every Friday I have a standing date with myself. It's my accounting date and I go over all my receipts for the week and it's all, I use a special app um, and I will share with your users. If you'd like my guide that helps you, uh, it's a four-step guide on how to digitize your receipts, which has changed my life. Oh, that'd <laughs> but, be great. I need that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll share with you the link, and you yeah, yeah, you link can it, down it to everybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it's simple things like that will get you in the mindset of this is fun, and this is this is how my business is going to grow, and I'm gonna get to that level because I'm gonna know what's coming in and what's coming out, and what I'm spending on in an organized manner.
0: Yeah. And guess what, you guys, when money, when you view money as being fun, more of it flows in.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) As opposed to overwhelming and scary and full of anxiety, like that's not really a welcoming energy or that there's no space there. So I I I just just love that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And Sorry, just with, tax, with, with tax season too, it's always like, everybody's always stressed about, but why not look at it as a wonderful thing? Your taxes are organized. Mm-hmm. Your accountant has access to your QuickBooks is what I use. And then it's a wonderful thing to pay those taxes because you've made money on it. Right. So it's just getting organized in that fashion.
0: I love that, that reframe because it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, it can be something really fun. Like yeah. let's just do money that way. And what I love about what you're saying here is it's a lot of what I share as like a mindset coach is more conceptual. So I really think there's so much power in taking action, like tangible steps to get organized, to feel really good about your finances, to feel empowered. And so um, I don't know if you have like, I mean, you've already given us a couple, but even one or two quick tips for, for um, entrepreneurs in terms of, I mean, you've said like, just start digitizing your receipts or, um, have a finance Friday, date with yourself. Is there anything else that comes to mind?
1: Well, the biggest, yeah, you've mentioned, those are actually my two biggest ones. So find okay. a, a receipt tracking software. Like in the guide that I'll give you, that I give my top three. I use NEAT, N-E-A-T. And really every time I get a paper receipt, I take a picture, it uploads, it already is so smart, it knows the vendor, knows how much money, they usually categorize it as fuel or meal, whatever it may be. And then from there I really want the, I really want you to also get an accounting software. Anybody could do this and you should know how to use it even if you have a bookkeeper or whatever. know your accounting software inside and out too. So I use QuickBooks. Um, it's well used in Canada as well. and the receipt software and the, your accounting software should automatically talk to your, talk to each other so you can send them digitally over. Those will be a lifesaver for tax season and in general. Any second I can pull up my dashboard and see where I'm at. Those are really important. And then the third tip you already mentioned too is every single week, every single Friday at 1130, I have this accounting date with myself. If for some reason it has to move, I just move the block, but I do not miss it. If you miss one week, it'll already be too late and you'll be overwhelmed. So I always say small bites and keep doing it consistently and you'll get better at it. And if you have to maybe hire someone to get a little bit more savvy about accounting or tax write-offs, there's a lot of different things you can do. Like even um, there's how to start and run a small business in Canada for dummies is a great book and you'll probably be able to read the accounting chapter and be pretty well versed on it.
0: Okay, so that's that's great because I think that I know for me and and I'm sure for people listening it's really um more of the the fear or the anxiety around getting started. Like it feels like a lot to learn, right? And implement. Whereas with anything it's it's really not. We just have to start taking action. Exactly. It's really not. And I
1: find as entrepreneurs, it's the last thing we do <laughs> because we <Yeah>. don't, everybody's <laughs> like, Oh, I'm just not good at it. I just don't like it. I just, I'm going to hire a bookkeeper and then everybody can never find a bookkeeper. So it's a very, um, the cycle never ends. So that's one of the things I tackle head on in my course. And one of my clients is actually, she was just running for, um, pitch for the purse, which is a thing we have in Vancouver to get funding. And they, any investor or anything you do on that level, or when you get a grant, they will look at your finances and they have to be in order. So I really encourage everybody to just, just do it.
0: Uh, yeah. And just get started. And then it gets a lot easier. Like, I tend to put things off for months and months and then I start and I'm like, this wasn't a big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. To <get> <laughs> um, hire, or hire or a coach, her. take yeah. a course, right? So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hire Jane, like have that exactly. accountability. Sometimes yeah. I hire coaches for things I know I'm capable of doing, but just because that's the difference in me actually doing them.
1: Exactly. Like I, I don't need a personal trainer because I know how to exercise, but them
0: coming to my house <laughs> makes me do it. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you talked a bit about outsourcing, and I think that this is a really great topic in terms of having, because when you start a business, you are, and and for a long time in your business often, you're kind of everything, right? You're the secretary, you're the, the content creator, you're the social media manager, you're the service provider or the product mm-hmm. creator or whatever. Um, what tips do you have for people in terms of starting? Because I know when I started outsourcing, there was fear around like losing control or having people not do it the way that I would want it done or, or to my standard, right. Which is like perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Um, When you like, do you actually, when you're working with your clients, is this something you actually sort of coach them through in terms of how to start outsourcing and where to start with that?
1: Yes. So I do talk a lot in my course too about perfectionism and how we have to let that go Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs because it's for me, it's progress over, over being perfect. And Mm -hmm. that has really helped propel me and my business. So we do talk a lot about that, but outsourcing has become this buzzword and we don't really know how to do it or what should be outsourced. So before you even do that, you have to look at the first week together, we go over this task list. We have to know what you're good at where your zone of genius is, what you like doing, what you don't like doing. So those are all going to be clues in terms of what you should be outsourcing. And of course, the time it takes you to do them, because I 100% think there's a lot of things you could be outsourcing, but maybe you're, you we just need to first start from the very beginning. And a lot of times we need to then say, okay, if I want to outsource this task, what are the steps and what are the process for that person who will be doing them, which we often forget about. Right.
0: Yeah. And then how have you gone about actually finding people to start outsourcing to?
1: Great question. So I started back in the day on Upwork and freelance sites. And that's how I found my virtual assistant, but it was very challenging. And it took me 10 virtual assistants to find a good one. And now I've actually partnered with a company um, that is, it was actually, she's Canadian and he's from the Philippines. And they started this outsourcing company so now I really rely on them because they actually train and do a great job and instead of going onto a freelance site and spending hours kind of going back and forth they have a really targeted support on what you need so I bring my clients to this site just to help them expedite the process but before they even go there I say you need to show me the, the, what the task is you're going to outsource and the process because otherwise you'll just you're setting yourself up for someone who might not have enough to do or they don't know what they're doing right Right.
0: Yes. Um, And, I mean, my experience with outsourcing was I started really small, right? Because Mm -hmm. the financial investment is scary (laughs) to think, okay, now I'm responsible for someone. Um, But it really, I mean, your business expands as you do, right? So when you start... When you start outsourcing, your income will expand to match it, especially once you're no longer trying to juggle a million things and you are able to be more intentional in your business. Um, but yeah, so I, like for me, I just started with a small, a few hours a week with someone mm-hmm. and I could wrap my head around that and then that grew. So um, anyways, but I love that you've got this process for people to walk through because mm-hmm. I think it is like this is the back end of business that we're really not, we don't know anything about. Yeah, <laughs> We have we to don't figure anything. it out.
1: And, you know, even like I'm amazed too, like when I'm going through with my clients, we'll start with like your tasks. Then we thought, okay, the operational side. And then we even look at the org charts and the simple organizational chart is just really important in terms of how, you know, what is going to be your first hire. And like you said, those small tasks, you, they just have to, you just have to be able to see the organizational picture of where you are and what where you want to get to. And that can be really powerful.
0: Having a, a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the time the the biggest block clients have is I don't, I can't see, you know, how this is even possible. And even though I always talk about letting go of the how with manifesting, like having a plan really helps with your mindset and feeling like you are organized and you know what to do and when in order to get there is huge. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'd love to know in your business, because you've experienced a lot of growth this year in particular, what are sort of, do you have mindset practices or, um, because you said you've really big into manifestation, what does that look like for you personally?
1: Yeah. So every day I write myself this 90 day letter, which my business coach taught me to do. (laughs) And it's a letter that I write myself. Um, and it's already like, I've achieved everything in those 90 days. Right. And I always look at that. So it's like, I I'm really into these three months planning. And in that, those 90 day letters, I manifest what it happen. And it's so funny when I read them in the next three months, it's like, wow, I've actually achieved that. So there's lots of different ways to, you know, plan or, or manifest things. That's what I do. And then I have a vision board that I carry uh, around with me in my notebook that has that I've done for years, which is those are just the two simple things I've always mm-hmm. done in terms of manifestation and, and getting to that next level.
0: I like this 90 day letter. I mean, I always say with manifestation, it's the simple things you do each day yeah. that mm-hmm. tune your energy to what you want over what you don't. Right. So are yeah. you writing? So the letter is like you 90 days from now. Yes. Is that okay. So it would be and like, Oh, my book proposal has been accepted. I've okay. got 30 new people
1: and I've like, it's really like you've already succeeded what you think you want to achieve in those next 30, 90 days. And it's usually, it's just, it really is. I, I've been doing it now for, since my business coach, the last two years has taught me this and just, it's so simple and easy and I've just continued with it.
0: Ugh, I love that. And do you find that you're writing the same thing each day or, or it changes or it morphs or you just let it flow?
1: Yeah. I don't write every day. I just write it once oh. and then, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Every, every three months I rewrite it. Gotcha. Okay. And do you mm. like
0: reread it or anything?
1: Yeah. It's on my desktop. I look at it and then just what my vision board is and, and that those just kind of keep my manifestation big. And I, I don't do a lot of other, you know, there's a lot of other techniques and things you can do, but those mm-hmm. for me have just worked. They're simple. And then the rest of it is like every single day, I somehow the universe brings me a podcast, an Instagram <laughs> follower, somebody that is like, you know, just yesterday I was, this, this Instagram live came on about like, why you should raise your prices. Like there's The universe is always bringing me these things that keep me motivated because we have such a big network of podcasts like this one, and you know YouTube videos and mentorship groups. So they they seem to just come to me now.
0: I love that. Like that can be. I always say you can you can create whatever reality you desire or whatever beliefs you will serve you so so you've created a belief where it's like I don't really need to do much more than write my letter and yeah. have my vision board and then just let the universe take care of the rest <laughs> yeah and it's it just actually like it's just funny how
1: the everything every day even when I'm feeling a little bit stressed then I'll somebody will reach out and be like oh wanted to join this mentor group or like there's a I'm part of this organization called boss talks in Vancouver and Whistler And Mm -hmm. just this morning we had, uh, the New York chapter had launched and I went to it and you just get re-motivated by hearing other people's stories as well. That's why we listen to podcasts and, and join these groups. So they just seem to come.
0: And on that, because I know uh, stories are really so much of what, what podcasts are about. And especially for entrepreneurs. Um, one thing I really make a point of is talking about the struggles, especially earlier on in my business, because when I was earlier on, and this was just a few years ago, I felt like there weren't enough people being honest about some of the entrepreneurial struggle. You know, it was all just this big fluffy, like, look at what I did and it was easy. And I just manifested it when, and that left me feeling like I must be doing something wrong because I'm really struggling here. So I want to talk to you about your successes, but I would love to know first, what did you struggle with the most in your business in the beginning, or maybe even now, or were there things that you put out there that flopped for you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like I tried yeah. to run a course before even, like I, I built a course and then, uh, then realized that there was no one to sell it. Like I didn't sell it before I had built it. Right. right? So, um, it, a, that was a big flop for me and a big learning lesson being, and then I had, you know, a book and I had lots of press and I thought people are just going to come to me. No, you have to really sell every single day as an entrepreneur. And I think we're just, we get in this limelight of, Oh, we've done this. Like we've been on this Podcast or TV show now will just automatically get customers, and that's what everybody else is doing. No, they're not. <laughs> they're selling they're every up. single day. Yeah. yeah. They like every single day I talk about my course, I share testimonials, I get feedback from my clients. And before I was doing that, we have this maybe it's an ego thing, or maybe we're scared to sell. But as an entrepreneur, we have to be comfortable with okay, if you don't every day talk about your offer, and how you can yes. help people, with it, then you will not sell anything. I don't care if you've been on Forbes <laughs> or on, you know, the New York, the whatever TV show, or you have ten books. If you don't tell people what you can give them, they will not come to you. So I had, to, <laughs> I had, to, I had to really get over that too, and and learn how to sell.
0: Uh, I just there's so many things there because I 100% agree, and I think there's just this messaging out there that's like especially in the manifestation world where it's like, just let everything you you want show up at your front door. And what people do a lot of the time then is bypass the resistance they have around putting themselves out there, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm all about manifestation, but I also really show up in ter- like I get loud and proud about every single thing that I have to offer. And there yeah. was a lot of work for me to do around yes. being comfortable in doing that. Um, and you said that marketing was a, something you really struggled with. Was there any You know, real shift in terms of your mindset that made it a lot easier for you to then just show up unapologetically and market what you have to offer.
1: Yep, I had to hire like I hired a personal branding coach, and she really changed my mindset about social media. Because for me, um, especially in corporate, if you show up and people are like, "Oh, you're just doing silly stories," or you know, and like people are like, "I hate social media; it's such a waste of time." and really my mindset shift into being like I need to show up so I can help people if one person a day sees my message and gets back to me it is worth it I had to cut out The naysayers, or even when somebody says Instagram is useless and I hate it, well, then that's fine. You don't need to use it, right? I'm using it as a simple tool to reach more people so I can help them and grow their business. And that's what I'm doing. And I have to really think about that every single day. And that's what the mindset shift around showing up was a big thing for me. And my personal branding coach helped me get over
0: that. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was going to be my next sort of thing I wanted to touch on, just based on what you'd said was like the. The shift in the perspective on how you like what marketing even is in your business. It's Mm -hmm. to get your services out and your products out to those who they can really help. And when you market for others instead of for it being your, because it's really not about you at all, even though it's your business. Mm -hmm. Right. So I love that you like that you said that was your big, because that was a really big turning point for me where now it's like, if I don't do everything in my power to make sure people know that this is something I have to offer, then I'm ripping them off.
1: Exactly. You're not helping them. And if they don't want to, if they don't want to listen, then they don't have to, but you're putting it out there. Right. And I really think we have to change that shift being like social media is so bad. Well, Yes, it can be bad if you are negative and just endlessly scroll. Of course it can. But anything, Netflix can be bad if you do that. <laughs> so we really have to change, you have to change your own mindset. And as a business owner, social media is a free marketing tool, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's a powerful one. And I think we just have mm-hmm. to cultivate a healthy relationship with it. And exactly. another another thing I often see people doing is trying to appease everyone or showing up for for um, like their friends and family who they know are watching instead of really speaking to their like, I have hundreds and hundreds of people from my personal life that follow me on Instagram, but I'm not talking to them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. create
0: content for them. I create content for people who are likely to actually buy from me in my business and who I can really help. So I love that. Um, so you've written two books and you are writing a third. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us about your books and also, well, no, tell us about your, your books first, and then I'll ask the next question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my first book I wrote while I was in corporate, because a lot of people were asking me on organizational tips, more for their home and travel. And I. Was, so I just wrote that for fun. But it really gave me something tangible to talk about when I started Organize Jane. So it was, it was really just that fun book that I had that I self published. And it just it, it really helps, you know, books, I don't say you, you can't write a book and expect a business. <laughs> but you can yep. use it as something to talk about. So and then my next book that I had a a, a book idea on my six step process. And during that I had a, an agent in a book pitch, but I ended up with decluttering for dummies, which okay. was really unique, because it is a big brand. And mm-hmm. I, I used that book to really get into how like organizing your business is really decluttering your mind, your physical space and your digital declutter around you in our business. So it really turned into a big project and it's an excellent reference book. And I just, I love the dummy series because they're so simple in terms of a lot of things, starting and running a small business, right? Decluttering, all of that. Um, So that really helped me to also something tangible to talk about. Again, it's, it's something else you can add to your brand, but it's not, my business is not based around that book, but it's right it has definitely been something of course I'm proud of and that helps with a little bit of credibility so and my third book will be on my six steps which is coming
0: oh perfect we gotta we gotta taste ahead of time
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) how
0: that was gonna be my next question is because I I've heard a lot of people talk about their interest in writing a book or self-publishing a book and I did it um a couple of years ago when I was starting my business something that's totally unrelated now but um It was a lot like it took me and I didn't even have I it was the only thing I was really doing in terms of my like online business at the time because I was still working. How do you (laughs) how do you write a book or multiple books and have clients and be, you know, doing what you do as an entrepreneur and showing up online like it's like a whole it's almost like a full time job writing book. Or can be, It is, it, yeah,
1: it can be, but I also say that you shouldn't treat it like that because okay. I gave myself, you know, you have to be laser focused in your time. If you have a lot of different kind of avenues. And for me in my business, one big thing I do is my course. And that's my 80% of my time is spent on my course. It's my six week accelerator. And then 20% of my time is spent on other stuff. And that other stuff is the book writing is the products that I sell. And that's kind of how I manage that time. So 80, 20 rule. And okay, I find the less time you give yourself for something, the quicker you'll do it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so give yes. yourself forty five minutes to write, and you you'll be surprised on how much you can write rather than putting aside an afternoon. So it's just getting laser focused, but again, I don't I always encourage people to write a book because you want to, not because you think you'll get money or be, or you know you won't get rich from it <laughs> or it won't help you start a business. It's just something else to add to your ability to sell something.
0: Well, and that was something you said earlier about, you know, staying in your business even before it was making money and how it was, you know, if you have to do everything in your business because you want to, not because <laughs> you're hoping it's going to make you money. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that's something that just so many, like they're, they do things just for the hope that it'll make them money, which then it usually doesn't because it didn't really have your like energy and your love and your passion behind it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think you really need to, of course, you need to have something that's, um, you know, a product or service that will, you, you have to be able to monetize it, but you need to be able to do it. That's going to, the end goal should be, the end goal should be a result that can help someone because that'll get you the testimonial or the feedback to then grow as well.
0: Right. Yes. So um, we talked a little bit about your struggles, which I know people appreciate. Anytime I do a, an episode, it's just about, something I struggled with, I get so much yeah. <laughs> feedback from it, but <laughs> what have been some of your biggest successes so far?
1: Well, the biggest success I would say is, you know, having, getting my course now laser focused. And for anybody in business who has been an entrepreneur and they have multiple products or multiple services, I think the biggest success is really nailing down to your niche and your messaging. So for me, I'd say my Sick week accelerator
0: is my biggest success um, to awesome. date. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that's, I really like the simplicity of your business model. It sounds like where, so is that, is it a, is it a one-on-one? Cause you call it a course. Is it a one-on-one that you walk people through? It's because I don't have time to help everybody. <laughs> like it, yeah, was, okay. it was a lot of time
1: and the ability to scale, of course, you have to take yourself out of it a bit. So it's, a, it's an online course, but it is, I do still like, I always, this is another disclaimer that I have. You can't just put a course into the world and let people buy it and that's it, right? It's, I'm there with my students. I show up every Tuesday for hours and we go through questions. Um, they send me their homework. So I do show up
0: even though it's okay. a group
1: coaching course.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So it's scalable for you.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. I like how, cause I know like a lot of people that listen to this are coaches and course creators. Mm-hmm. And so just hearing different structures that have worked for people, I think is really inspiring. So you've got really just like the, it sounds like, well, I don't know. Do you have any other offers or you, you have that one course? You know, I did have a lot of
1: other offers. I was doing one-on-one and then That's I had okay. another course that failed, but now I really got laser focus on the one okay. offer. And I tested it before I actually recorded it and made it evergreen. So the first, like, I really ran it live for the first um, iteration of it. And that live really helped shape it because of the feedback I garnered. So before you put anything out into the world or to your customers, ask them, you know, what they want and have them try it and get their feedback because that will really, if if I had made the course before that, it wouldn't have been as successful as it is.
0: Yep. Um, And you said that this year, you know, was the year that, things have really started to take off for you. Is there something that shifted that had that be, or do you think this was just your journey and it's just, everything's come into place now?
1: Well, I think it's a lot of, it's that continuing persistence, dedication, and I hired, I was on the fence about hiring this business coach two years ago Mm
0: -hmm. on how to
1: create this scalable course. And I didn't, it was a big and large investment, um, over 10,000 Canadian. And then I was, you know, himming and hawing about it. But in last January, I signed up, and that really was the accountability that I needed to just say, "Okay, let's do this." And I think the more we can have coaches, it's just the faster our success will be.
0: I totally agree, and I think that in hiring coaches, you step into that next level, right? Or in taking any oh, action ex- that scares exactly. you,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: And and so you showing up for that and saying, "Okay, I'm I'm ready now to be uncomfortable," and because that next level of success for me requires me to have a coach. And so it's no coincidence that you took that action, got uncomfortable, and then had things really start working in, in such a big way.
1: Yep, exactly. And I really think you have to pay for it. There's a lot of free things out there that we can go online and we can listen to YouTube videos all night yep. and for the next year. But really, you pay for what you get and that's the same with coaches.
0: Well, and something I often say is the... I, I heard this, I think, from James Wedmore is... Um, the transformation is in the transaction right yes, like or yes, the, yeah part of it is yeah. where you once you make that transaction once you put your money where your mouth is you view yourself differently you're going to show yeah. up for that differently you're going to mm-hmm. get a much higher caliber level of of coaching or information yes. or whatever so yeah love and that. you
1: also you also need to um It's funny. Like as soon as you also show up as a coach with a high caliber, like understand, you know, you you have a high price, and you also have, you know, you know that the transformation, you know that you're going to help your clients. You also show up in that different light. So, I've also, I've done some pro bono work and offered my services um, to a few charities, and that is actually they have not taken action because they haven't paid for it. So (laughs) the clients who've actually paid for my services, they actually get the best result and the transformation.
0: I love that you said that because I say that all the time. Like anyone who, I think any, any co- you've probably gotten this many times and I get it quite often. It's the message on Instagram. Hey, can I pick your brain? And oh. the, I mean, I think that it's, <laughs> there's lots of things to talk about there, but yeah. they're not, even if I, even if I said yes, which I, d- I never do because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, yeah, so many things to talk about there, but that's doing them a huge disservice, right? Because they're not actually exactly. going to show up for it. Yes. Yeah. If anybody asks that,
1: I just send them my one-hour coaching um, link. Right. I think it's at two twenty-five or something. I'm like, sure, no problem. You can book right here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's perfect. This is
0: how people pick my brain. They pay for it. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And and I just
1: think the more, yeah, the more you invest in yourself, the more you'll get back to. So you're hundred percent right.
0: And the more you see, I always say, like, my pricing is as much, if not more, about my client than it is about me. Right. Mm hundred percent value-based pricing. I'm all about that. Like them paying for it or paying even more for it. It's like, they're going to show up differently. They're going to actually like, I'm doing people a service by charging the prices that I, that I charge because I know how they're going to show up as a result. And I'm sure that that's your experience as well.
1: Oh yeah, I've always like even in when I worked in construction materials, I would never do kind of cost plus pricing. Like, oh yeah, my software is this much, and then my time is this much. No, it's you are paying for it what the market is obviously offering if you are in a construction. But in yeah. it, kind of coaching, you are also paying for that transformation and that value. And often we devalue ourselves, but we really need to think about what the client is getting. And the higher the price point like you said, the more they will show up. So I'm all about this, this value you're providing, not about the cost on what it takes to get there and your hourly rate. Not at all.
0: Yeah. Not a fan of the hour, hourly Cause what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with how many hours it has everything to do with what they're, how they're hugely benefiting. And I'm sure, especially with what you're helping people do. Have you had experiences where I'm sure you have clients come out of your course and just see such a takeoff in their sales?
1: Yes, they. I've I've, see, I've had so many clients that I, I I almost want to cry sometimes. I'm like, wow, yeah. my system works. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the biggest one was actually not an increase in sales, but she was the first time she was able to take a vacation. So she hadn't taken oh. a vacation in five years, and she has a very big company, and she's a Canadian too. But she's like, I would never be able to leave my business, and for her, that was so meaningful. And just getting getting that mindset around it, and getting her you know processes organized and her employees. And another success story was yes, one who, you know, went from a simple like uh, distrib- like a uh, clothing to now having a distribution center and like her inventory not-, not being an issue. And now she might be the next little lemon of Canada for kids, right? Wow. So those are big clients. And I think it's that the organization
0: behind your business is so important, but we don't think about it. it yeah, yeah, totally. I, and I totally get like the peace of mind that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think – I mean, the peace of mind ends up making you more money as it is, but it's also just so invaluable in and of itself. Exactly. Okay. So what is your, what's going back to your business? What are your next goals or what's your vision for 2021? What is it that you are manifesting at this point in time?
1: Yes, so I'm going to break that seven-figure barrier in 2021, and oh my god, I love it. <laughs> and I'm really going to help more people get like also reach that level just by getting their business organized. So that's my main goal is kind of on an income level and to um, and also to get my third book with a publisher and get that rolling so it can be published in 2022. So those are my two big goals.
0: So you said that you're up around six figures this year, and in next year you're going to do seven figures. Hmm. So 2021 is a big year. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I'm like, man, I'm, cause I've done around, just around $200,000 for the year. And my goal for next year is half a million, but now I'm like, yeah. why are you playing that small? And part of it probably is that there's more things to organize in my business and I'm overwhelmed. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, but I love you to said that because this year I'm at 300,000 and, um, Oh, you are. Okay. Okay. Amazing. And I think we don't talk about what we're making enough in, especially as women, we should talk about this because often we are not, we, we don't have, we're devaluing ourselves. Right. And the more we hear about it, the more I'm like, I just told you what, what I want to make. And now you're already leveling up.
0: Yeah. I, I talk very openly on this podcast about exact numbers (laughs) around what I've made. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I think that, and I get why people don't. And even the other day, my dad said, you know, does that come across as a bit like braggy? And he just doesn't understand exactly what you just said around mm-hmm. giving other women, especially permission to say, well, if they can do it, I can do it too.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's not braggy because in the corporate world, there's a lot of egos and a lot of other things people brag on. And, and I, and the amount that like, it, it's here, we're manifesting our own business and we're, it, and our own income, but we're doing it actually because we know we can help other people. So it's not braggy. Mm-hmm. If you have that mentality,
0: it's, I often say like money is really just a, a tangible measure of so many things that are happening in your business, you know, like yeah. your confidence, your, how many people you're helping, um, mm-hmm. or employing
1: are... people. Employing, I, I, oh I want to I love that. And I just I love like supporting other women in business like I can't wait to, you know, buy this product or this service or like the employment aspect I think is huge. So we are just shaping the economy. And as I just think in North America, especially we are kind of an entrepreneurial mindset more than other places. So we we are the economy driver.
0: I love that distinction. I've just today had a conversation with one of my team members about doubling basically her responsibilities. And I think that we so often don't, when we have this weird guilt around money, we don't give ourselves credit for how many people we're supporting. And especially, you know, if you're doing $300,000 in your business or even six figures, I tip way more than I ever used to tip. I tip on almost everything that I Mm -hmm. buy, especially during COVID. I, you know, am able to like just... Pay it forward because yeah, I exactly. have the money. And I think that the more that we can really give ourselves permission to go big, um, the more people we get to benefit. So I love that reframe.
1: Yep, and I think it, it's an important reframe too because. Um, and you're creating this in your own, right? As entrepreneurs, like next year, something could, like a pandemic happened, right? And we've, some people yeah. have lost a lot of their incomes and there's no um, employment insurance like there is for employees, right? So there, we can be braggy in terms of it because there is no, you're still taking the biggest risk being an entrepreneur and you have yeah. no, nothing to fall back on.
0: I agree. So, so it's, it's okay. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. be honest with yourself. You're a badass.
1: Mm -hmm. we're we're taking this huge risk and people don't really I think realize that and a lot of people are scared too that's why they don't so there's a there's a place for everybody right
0: I agree and just quickly on the pandemic there how have have you found that you know your because your business has grown a ton this year during the craziest year ever (laughs) how has it you know affected your business either negatively or positively or maybe you know how have you navigated that
1: Yeah. And I shared really early on that I had a, over a six-figure speaking contract that would go all over Canada that I lost immediately after the pandemic, which would have been a great way to you know, highlight my services and meet more people. I had another book contract that was over six figures in American that I lost that was right. We were negotiating right during the um, pandemic, but I hope it comes back. So I know I'm not alone. There's a lot of other people who have lost probably more than this in their business, especially if they're brick and mortar. So we've all, every single business has, I think, suffered in some way, but then perhaps been able to and and other have done better right so I think it's just the pandemic is one of those things that I'm a big proponent of having some multiple revenue streams so 80% of my business is this but then my other 20% I do have other streams just in case as well and I'm also a big proponent of that
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you, regardless of what's going on in the world, it was a choice that you made, you know, like Mm. I'm not going to spend too much time being upset over all these amazing opportunities that I lost. I'm going to focus on what I do have because that's what I can control.
1: Exactly. And I remember as soon as it happened, I sent an email to my email list saying, guys, like this just happened. I'm like devastated, but I'm really gonna still promote my I'm not promote, I'm really gonna still show up for my webinar to talk about my course next week. And I had more people than I had ever expected. So just being real and sharing that with your audience because they have probably are in the same position is I think what's important.
0: And do you think that um have you seen like I've seen this personally as a business coach, but have you seen an increase in the number of people that are really getting serious about their business, given that 2020 showed us just how unstable the world can be. And perhaps, you know, there's more stability in working for yourself in certain aspects. Like I just saw more people actually really wanting to get very serious about their business throughout the pandemic. I
1: know I I I was asked this question the other week as well. And I think there's a lot of, there's always people who want to do business and want their own business or want to work for themselves. But Pandemic or not, I think it takes a special kind of person to really take that yeah. leap, and yeah. I, I I don't think a pandemic will um, will change that. Maybe there they'll be more. Maybe they'll give them a little push, but you still need to be that type of person who's really resilient, who can take a lot of uh, no's and a lot of rejection, <laughs> and <laughs> and be able to take that risk because, of course, it is a risk. And everybody has different situations and family lives and things. So I think that's a. I don't think the pandemic really changed our deep rooted who we are. I
0: agree. It didn't turn you into someone that you're not. You were either exactly. on this journey or not.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, I, I do think that's, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: No, I totally agree. I think you do have to be a certain type of person. I was going to say a, ter- a certain type of crazy, but the best kind of crazy possible. <laughs> to, yes. To this we're this very wild ride that is on. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but mm-hmm. it's not for everyone.
1: Exactly. And it, and it shouldn't be because we need everybody in this world. And yes. there's a lot of that's why I say, I might go back in corporate someday, who knows, right? So I think we all need to say like, the, the good, there's good and bad in both.
0: Right. Um, so Jane, thank you so much. This has been amazing. And I want to hear from you where people can connect with you or um, I can link your course that you're talking about down below. So yeah, where can we find you online? Yes, so OrganizeJane.com is my website. My biggest
1: platforms for um, social media are YouTube and uh, Instagram. I'm Jane on Instagram. To get into my course, yep, I'll leave the link. There is a phone call that's in an application process to make sure you're ready and I'm the right person for you before we chat. And also I will leave the link below for my free guide to digitize your receipts so you can finally get your accounting organized.
0: Okay. Amazing. All of that stuff will be linked down below. So definitely check out uh, Jane in all the places. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just thank you so much for contributing today and, and sharing your story. I think it was, I'm sure it was very inspirational to a lot of people to hear just an alternative, not alternative, but like a real success story in terms of just being in it, you know, mm-hmm. and and you've had such a successful year, which is amazing. And it came because you were committed to it.
1: Exactly. You can never lose that dedication and it will not have an open, open like overnight, 10 years maybe. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes mm-hmm. I agree.
0: And I think even a lot of the people who we see have quote unquote overnight success, you don't know what they were doing beforehand. That oh no, was it's lining it's, that up and they're still one in a million. Yeah, exactly. The overnight success, I think is a real hoax. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right, bye Jane. Bye bye.